Okay, so the grand finale of Dungeon World against the Cult of the Reptile God, Session 10. Today is the 14th of September, 2019. 5.30. It's 5.22. 5.22 post-meridian. <laughs> Here is the conclusion to this American Dice's traditional player debrief. Prior Dungeon World campaign, affectionately called Scale and Shadow. This section has a bit more critique than last week's, and a bit more advice for players and GMs alike. Hope you enjoy. Uh, but yeah, is there anything that you can remember, like that you would critique uh, what I did, or like, um, or anything that didn't make sense, or things that still? It's going to be hard since it's four years ago, but that they're still confusing to you. Like, what are you even fucking talking about? I feel like if people remember it now, it's like, whoa. Yeah, it was yeah, like real fucking bad. This was you a just stay up every night. Thing. Yeah, I've been counting the days till I'd be able to address uh-huh. this in a, in a public forum. <laughs> but uh, yeah, do you remember anything at the time that's like, oh, I can't believe this happened or this other thing, or I wish this happened instead? Not really, but I did re-listen to session. I did re I did re-listen to the fourth episode, like the first fight, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just always funny to me how weak wizards are at level one. Like my level one wizard cast a magic missile, kill the kill the skeleton. Next thing that happened was Castor walked up and killed seven of them <laughs> and walked away scot free. I was like, yeah, seems about right. Seems about level one wizard life. I can't really think of any glaring moments where I didn't like either a get what was happening or thought that we were like handling something wrong. I thought it was great. So I'm the wrong person to ask for uh, critiques. Uh, It was a ton of fun and I enjoyed uh, just the way it, when we kind of were going a different direction, that was okay. Like, I think you handled it well, David, when we like were describing these horrible monstrosities, you kept giving us opportunities to do so. Um, Mm -hmm. <laughs> which was also great. Um, so, yeah, I think like uh, the only thing I would say, which is true of any game, no matter how like or any like kind of tabletop RPG, no matter how well run it is, is that like not everyone's imagination is going to match up exactly without enough kind of props or like um, drawing things out. And so it can be sometimes a little difficult where it's like, wait, was I standing over? Like, am I the nearest person now or whatever? But I think we handled that pretty well. And I know I listened to the last episode and I know, uh, I think we did a good job of like reminding each other in the moment, which, you know, may not make for the best like listening experience, but in terms of playing it, it was great where we'd remind each other like, Oh wait, I think you might've been, actually closer than you thought or like oh i you know don't someone remind, i think austin reminded me of charles the wasp uh like that sort of thing where it's like we i think we did a good enough job where it's like we could have a collective imagination rather than needing to rely on everyone having an individual one he goes by king charles now jacob <laughs> <laughs> please he's come quite a far away he's he's yeah um, well, aside from David's uh, blasphemy against soup, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we'll probably get into it more later, David. But like that's that's always that what Jacob just said of like everybody's imagination. You're all picturing a slightly different thing. And that's always a tough thing in these games of like, well, I think I'm doing this and Jacob thinks I'm doing this thing. 
Oscar has a different picture and Brandon has a different picture and you have a different picture. And so when you're describing what we're seeing, you're giving us something and each of us is seeing a different thing. And that's why like miniatures can be helpful, like visual representations and that kind of stuff can be pretty helpful. Um, I, I think you just have to be willing to kind of roll with that stuff and willing to amend what you say of like, Oh wait, I was imagining it had been this thing or like, Oh no, no, no. I meant that you were over here. Oh, okay. Well then in that case, and then just start from the, like you have to be willing to take that back. And in some games every now and again, when a person's less willing to do that, that's when you feel like, Ooh, this feels weird. But yeah, it's the wonders yeah. of uh theater of the mind, you know, yeah. when you're trying to, unfortunately we don't all sh have a hive mind, so we can't, uh, or fortunately, we can't just share yeah. it, you know, or fortunately too. <laughs> right? Then we'd be one of those uh, bug elf people or whatever. <laughs> Hobbit yeah. or whatever. I told you I'm guys we should all we should all stick our wieners into that beehive, but you guys <laughs> wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm a I'm a proud non Borg, um, <laughs> for now at least. Uh, like so, for, yeah, for now, for now at least, <laughs> he, he might he's willing yeah, to my convert. Appointment on, yeah. My appointment on Thursday. Yeah, um, the the Borg, the Borg rabbi has to ask him how many times, and then he then <laughs> then he can finally convert. Um, one thing it's the it's the uh, you know I guess it's a critique in the sense of like the the overall concept of criticism can be good and bad, um, but it's a good thing, which was that I think uh, we did um, uh, all of us and like David, you included, but like especially the players did a really good job of like, we would be like, Hey, this is kind of what I want to do, but I don't know exactly. I don't have like an amazing idea of how this works, but I know I want to kill this reptile thing or whatever. And then, um, we kind of be able to field for like, Hey, does anyone have a cool idea of, uh, of how this should go? Um, uh, and like David, you would ask us sometimes too, of like, like you're about to get shot. How do you, how do you want to be shot? Um, that sort of thing. So uh, that I really enjoyed too. I think that was, uh, I think this was a really good group for that. And then uh, also I think uh, just the way, I don't know if it's dungeon world in particular, but the way that we played it was very open to like, it helped us stay on the same page. Cause we were all kind of contributing even for other characters and stuff where it's like cool ideas and applications. I was going to say, I think that's mainly a group thing. Cause I think most games, that at least I've played with um, Austin and DJ, we've done that kind of situation where somebody will have a general idea of what goes on and somebody else will add an element. You know, that's just, I feel like that's just kind of what the group has done for most games that we've played. At least most games I've played with them. We are pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to, um, what you just said there, Jacob, uh, sort of, um, I was going to use that to perfectly segue into, uh, do you think, do you have any critiques about the Dungeon World system? I know, I mean, Austin and I especially have used Dungeon World a lot, but do you remember um, anything with the mechanics that were weird, especially you two, like Oscar and Jacob, that use the third party stuff? I remember critiquing the typeface a lot in the Swanabuckler. <laughs> I think it was like incursive yes. and impossible to read. Yes, there, there were some of those elements. Um, that, like, 
you know, that's a minor consideration in terms of the overall game. But I do remember um, something that I love about the system, but it also like, I, I think it makes for good stories, but then it's also sometimes frustrating is uh, like, I think at least Kazera just failed a lot, like left and right. I was just getting those experience points um, from failure. And I, <laughs> and I think, um, I think overall, like it's handled well, because then when you fail, of course you get something, but it's really funny when you know you're at the end, when it's like, okay, we're either going to live or die here. And then it's like, Oh, got that experience point. Um, did it's going to help. Yeah. Did not do what I was hoping. And it's not like, you know, some video game where when you level up, your health goes to full immediately or anything like that. It's just like, oh, well, like next time you make camp. Uh, so um, that I just I found it really funny. But I also I like that instead of it like and we handled the failure well, too, where it's like we I think as a group, we kind of would come up with how it happened. But it was really funny the number of times even just listening back across like two or three episodes like jumping around the number of times that because they're just like i think the time with the elf i got like actual snake eyes the role to like it's like oh do you do you observe anything walking around town like now that you're back and then it was like i don't know who or where i am like there's a thing talking <laughs> to me <laughs> i'm completely blind <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't re i was so dumb i didn't even know i was blind yeah <laughs> until just yeah. now i oh. mean I know I've played a few of the Apocalypse World style systems with uh, Austin and David, especially the, and I think this is my second or third time playing Dungeon World. I've only played with you guys, so you would know better. Um, but yeah, I like the mechanics of the rolling, but like I have to agree sometimes with that whole, they're trying to make it that you feel like you got something even if you fail a roll by getting that experience point. But then it's like, hmm... That's great and all, but if I, my character is dead by the end of this, it's not going to make a much of a difference. <laughs> not speaking yeah. from experience or anything. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I think on that particular point, maybe like the system could be improved if there was some sort of like you're in the finale kind of thing where it was a bit different from just you fail, you get an experience point. Like um, I know there's a. I played a um, Star Trek RPG that uses, I forget what the, it might have originally been that system like for the Star Trek game, but it's like Star Trek Adventures, I want to say. And like, um, I think when you fail, you get like basically like narrative points, which like allows you, you can spend, if you like spend so many of them, you can do like basic stuff like like we have a shared pool and one of us gets a plus one to our whatever or something like that mm -hmm. or it can even be like you spend enough of them and it's like now you can put an obstacle in the way of the opposition or you can like kind of do something that uh some benefit that like helps you out where it's like the guard drops the key or something when they like go to walk away so it's like kind of a different um one, instead of it being an individual bonus from the like one experience point that I get, it's a pooled resource, which I think is cool. And two, it's <laughs> something that you could use in a finale instead of it uh, just being completely useless. So, so I enjoyed that, and that that probably be my one critique of the system was that for all its like simplicity and like uh, cutting out a lot of, in my view, like lame and overly complex elements, it does uh, lend itself to that like 
pittance uh, at the end. Agreed. Yeah, I remember Kinda... too. I had, um, I think, Explicative Pilots had like a move where she would like mind control you, and it's like, oh, do what you want, and you get an experience point. And I'm like, wait, uh, this is the last session. Why did you do this, David? This was like, terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll get experience points to get moves that you'll never get to use. Yeah. Or, for some reason, none of you uh, took that experience point. You decided not to each time. I'm like, oh, huh. interesting. Weird. <laughs> Good thought. But what were you about to say, uh, Oscar? I think I. No, no. I it, it, the 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 game itself, I think, works well with the world building and stuff like that. I'm just being a math nerd. It's like the mechanics sometimes, I guess, frustrate me. But they they've done a good job with it. It's uh, it's just more of the the whole rolling. I, I I I don't always know how I feel about that midpoint too. Like you know, when you roll good enough to quote unquote kind of succeed, but then there's always a something that 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 happens as part of it i forgot what that mm-hmm. term is like that like you know if you roll seven through nine the, yeah the you get a draw result. yeah it's like you gotta you succeed but there's something else that happens too i'm like hmm and, and, but that's good because it it makes it you know that that there's more chance of quote-unquote success but it to get that really good success you have to roll really high but the system yeah. itself it's definitely interesting, and I've I've learned to enjoy it a bit. Unfortunately, usually I'm not the best with the with the more uh, story uh, characters that have the things that in, 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 I'm trying to think of, like the older ones that we've played. And I know there's classes like that here. Like sometimes you'll like you'll use a move, and it's like, okay, now you get a vision. Tell us what is happening here, and uh, and I'm like, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being put on the spot. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> but it does make you think on your toes, which with more practice, I guess I'd be better at. <laughs> My only criticism about Dungeon World is really the um, is discern reality. Huh? I said the starting level of wizards and how weak they are. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Awful. Trash. <laughs> no, is the... Um, the questions that you get to ask for, like discern realities and uh, oh, I don't remember the other one. Uh, sometimes I feel like the questions are a little bit too narrow or there's like a question I want to ask that I feel is like a discern realities question, but doesn't actually, um, I can't like finesse the questions that they have that I can ask. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like they can be a little was, too restrictive. I get what you're saying there. Was, yeah. Was that something where you had to pick from like a list where it had to be like yeah, certain exact yeah. There's questions? like five different okay. questions you can ask, and like that's a uh, if you want a spe- something more specific, yeah, it's not going to be very easy. Or <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt like every time I used a certain realities, I was trying to. It almost felt like I was trying to game the system into getting a question I really wanted. I'd like add words onto the end, or <laughs> you know trying to buy but a that's, bell. yeah kind of but that's really my only and that's in all honesty it's not really a problem with dungeon world because it does make you think about the situation in a different way try to get information normally you wouldn't be thinking about which is a good thing narratively but personally i don't like it as much as being able to ask a question i actually want to ask um David, this list you just said, I remember now like how weird some of these questions seem to me as well, with uh, especially the who's yeah. really in control here. Like I'm imagining you're in a situation where you're like, <laughs> you know, there's like 
this uh, spooky cauldron of dark fog and smoke is like crossing the land and you're like, oh, geez, this is really important. I need to figure this out. And then you're like, who's really in control here? Like yeah. <laughs> the wind? Like, what is this? So that is funny to me. Yeah, yeah that, that one's tricky too. Because um, Dungeon World, like in the, the GM section, they kind of um, advise you that if someone asks a question like that, that doesn't really make sense, just make something up so like i think they would want me to say in that situation like oh well there's a a weather wizard wizard now uh let me write that mm -hmm. down and of course i've been planning that the whole time and you can tell that the weather the weather wizard is the the ley lines are affecting the, sure <laughs> yeah. soon, very, soon very the meatballs will fall from the sky <laughs> exactly yeah and also sometimes you, you'd roll really well and it'd be like okay ask three questions and you're like hi <laughs> I could barely ask one here. <laughs> so let me just throw some questions out there and make DJ think. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? I guess, I guess that's an interesting version of success because it's like, it widens the scope rather than like you did a it's, deeper, like better at the one thing. It's like giving you more, which is uh, not common. I think with these systems, mm -hmm. like usually when you hit something, it's like, okay, I deal more damage. Not like, now I damage a lot of stuff or something. Although that does sometimes happen. Probably a bad example <laughs> for to prove my point. But <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is interesting. Was it a ten or higher? Was that the like super? I believe result? so. I believe so. Yeah. And it was two d six, right? Yep. Okay. I remember enjoying that it was two d six, but I like. I'm not a fan of D and D. I think D and D is like even with the more simplified systems, like in fifth edition, is like a bit overly. This is a tactical battle game for Oops. like parts, and then other parts are like this is purely a narrative thing. Um, so I really like Dungeon World from that perspective. Like I much prefer it to D and D. Is it the like best system ever? I don't know, but it's probably like one of the best I've played. I'm a I'm a big fan of Dungeon World. I like it a lot. Um, I think Jacob kind of hit some of those reasons just now. Um, but one thing that always happens is we we talked about this a little bit, but like you'll have with Simulgar as a con man, you in this game and in lots of other games, you get a situation where you're like, okay, these are now either story parts or combat parts. And I think Dungeon mm -hmm. World, we can do, um, you can push some of that story stuff even during combat. And I think that's a, excuse me, I think that's a positive of Dungeon World, but it really takes like a good chunk of effort to be like, okay, yes, you're fighting the dragon, but now let's talk about your dad or something like that. Like, it's like that kind of thing. Like, let's talk about your dad and how, uh, yeah, how what you happened, raised what happened that What happened that one night when you were at yeah. dinner um, that brought you here? Precisely. <laughs> well, you're well, fighting the dragon to... and it's summer. Do you remember what you did last summer? Like that kind of like you, <laughs> you can do it, but it, it takes, it takes some effort. And I, I think dungeon mm -hmm. world does it better than some other games. Um, but it's it still requires some effort, and that's not a critique of Dungeon World. It's just a critique of kind of these games often in general because once it becomes like, all right, now you're fighting the goblins. 
everything is about killing these goblins or fighting these goblins or whatever until we're done. And that can be reductive in regard to a story, yeah. I think. I, yeah, I also quite oh, go, sorry, ahead, go for it. Um, I really like the um, it's parlay. Isn't that one of the actions? Because I really like that Dungeon World makes it so that you can have a partial failure. Because I feel like a lot of time in normal D&D, you either succeed or you don't. And you have the partial successes where you have to give something up. Or like when you're talking to somebody, you have to kind of plead your case more. Where in normal D&D, you would have pledged your case, made your role, and then either you pledged your case enough or that was the end of it, you know? That's just a positive adventure world, but that's all I wanted to say. You go for it, Jacob. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say now. Not that I might have been saying Damn. something very similar to what you said. I don't. I just uh, a, a giant like thunder thing just sounded, and with all the flooding, it like kind of freaked me out a little bit for a moment. Um, <laughs> uh, darn it! It was something about oh, something we've not really touched on very much. I don't think is the flags so far i don't know if you wanted us to talk about those david but i have to admit that uh i'm not really uh don't really remember what mine were or how they interacted (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so those those are something i added to um the game i think um who made these up but um some someone on a blog or something made these flags up and they kind of uh either replace or go with bonds which are the things that um dungeon world starts with like from the book that are mm-hmm. those are kind of those questions you answer at the very beginning i'm trying to think of an example like a um caster is very strong and i would help him become a lover <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i will soften his heart yeah. Or, yeah. yeah oh that makes more sense yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> don't know where dj is going <laughs> yeah i'm still in monster hearts yeah. world but um very different kind of reunion going yeah. on <laughs> but um those are the bonds and then these flags were kind of um things that you were kind of asking other the other players to do with your character like um i think casters was maybe something do you remember it austin it was like make me uh bring up something about my past and have yep. me not talk about it or something. Yeah. Make me reluctantly bring up my past. Yeah. So they're kind yeah. of invitations almost for the, uh, the other players to, to role play with you in the, the way that you want, which is pretty interesting. But I, if one big criticism I have for myself is I wish I started with those instead of introducing them in the middle about of the campaign. I, I'm trying to remember I could what ta- mine was. If anyone remembers, uh, I don't. one of yours was like one of yours was like um, like allow me to rush into danger heedlessly or something like that. Oh yes, that's it was right. That kind of yes. stuff. Yes, there was a bit of the don't hold me back uh, to Kazair. That's right. The uh, mm. I can I can talk about these things a bunch. I don't know how much you want to save this for later, David, but. There's uh I think they serve different purposes. Um, the backgrounds and the um or the bonds, I should say. The bonds and the f- are they called fronts? Uh flags. 
flags. So the bonds and the flags, I think they serve different purposes and um, they can, they have some crossover there. They there's, there's a overlap on them for sure. Um, but I think that there's, there's a different purpose for what they do. And I think you could have a game in which you do both. Um, and I don't have a problem with either of them, but I think they do serve different purposes. Yeah, I can kind of agree with that. I know some people just replace the bonds like all together and others just keep both like we did kind of, but I do wish I had them from the beginning. That would have been better. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, well. Hindsight's 2020. Um, so I guess, hmm. Do we, so this was like, um, my picture here shows, uh, like a module from the eighties, this against the cult of the reptile gods. Um, I guess kind of the last one I'm going to kind of topic here is, um, like, do you think that worked in general? Like, do you have any critiques against about the, uh, the plot, even though we changed it pretty, pretty radically, I guess, as we added stuff and I shoehorn that whole undead thing in, like I said, but, um, I think I tried to keep it, um, sort of what we were saying at the beginning of this, uh, even keep it close to the old school, like D and D like 80s style, like crawl the conqueror Conan type world too, like the 1980s aesthetic sort of thing. But do you think it translated from D and like, especially, I think it was second or no, it was first edition D and D to this dungeon world. Like, well, did you notice any, any weirdness? Well, I guess you would have to have played uh, first edition D&D to really uh, know <laughs> if it actually translated well. But as far as the thematics and the uh, the actual like storyline and stuff like that, I think it worked well. I think it worked really well with the Dungeon World system, honestly. But, I mean, it did have a, it did have a kind of like... 80s sci-fi slash fantasy-esque spin to it with but if it was directed by Guillermo del Toro as far as the bad guy as far as the creatures are <laughs> nice one Austin but yeah <laughs> so I personally think it translated well I, I don't I don't have any critiques on that aspect that I could think of um I have similar thoughts I think uh like, I don't know how radically we changed it because I don't know what it was originally, but um, in terms of like taking the inspiration and where we went with it, I thought it was pretty great. Like I didn't, um, it kind of, uh, I, I feel like in terms of maybe the setting, you could kind of tell it was like an older style thing where it's like, we're in a village, we go to the Oak house or whatever it was. And like, um, the dungeon crawling aspect where it's like we're literally underground doing this stuff um but that's like that's not a critique or anything like saying against it it's like that's what it was it's just like in that way it's maybe a little bit less it felt a little bit more discreet than maybe i would expect a more modern um story to be but i could also just be wrong about that i haven't played many modern D D like modules uh either so um uh so yeah, I'm not sure, but I, I think whatever, basically whatever 
you slash we did was awesome. So I'm happy with that. Uh, whether it matched with the module, I don't care. <laughs> I feel like I, I was talking about the movie Legend yesterday with one of my friends, and I think that's probably why I'm thinking of like that 1980s mo fantasy motif. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's as far as I know too. I, I agree with Jacob as far as what we did, I think was great. I, uh, I really don't know a lot about the original module. I honestly don't know a lot about first edition D and D. I didn't start till 3.5. So <laughs> anyway, um, one thing, uh, I'm thinking of is that it um, the length of it I thought was really good. So whether that came from the module or whether it came from us either failing or succeeding in a certain time frame or you, David, being like, it's going to be this. Um, whatever way it was, I think the amount of time was good because um, I think like Oscar was saying before, it's easy to have games that never quite reach their conclusion. In this one, it always felt like we were like, I wouldn't maybe say hurtling toward the conclusion, but we definitely were moved, we were like jogging toward it. We weren't like meandering. Um, like it was definitely propulsive. We were uh, moving toward it. Uh, there was this concept of like, there's this big bad thing that we don't understand. We might never understand, but at some point we're going to confront it. And that was like lurking the whole time. And like, as we started to see more disturbing stuff and uh, like started to see the consequences, like, in the town and stuff like that, I think it, uh, um, like became evident that it was like, this is going to be the, like something horrible we're going to confront and that's going to be a finale, whether it's, you know, we, whether it was actually the reptile God or some lesser scion or like, or we died. Uh, I didn't know, but it like definitely had that feeling of the story being told. It wasn't like, um, it didn't feel like I had these like kind of dead spots that I, some campaigns, I like the filler episode type notion. Um, it didn't feel like I had that. And then it also didn't really feel like we were just breakneck speed, like just like had no time to kind of talk about any backstory or, or talk about what our characters were doing. It, it felt well-paced. Unlike my meandering thoughts just then. Um, I, I, I could have used to hang out in the, uh, in the village longer. Like I like that, like the social interactions and that kind of stuff. I think that that would have been a lot of fun. It wasn't a problem that we didn't. Um, but like, uh, you pointed out that we've tried to play a variety of games where we're like, this is how many sessions we're going to do. And it usually goes, especially if I'm doing it wildly over that <laughs> um and because of that it's like like this one was very close to the number that we set out for and um but i would have been fine if we kept going especially if we had just been in that village early on being like what is with these people this is weird um i think that that could have been um that could have been fun it has that like some people have said, I think that this module deviates a little bit from 
old school style modules in that it has this larger narrative and has this larger story as opposed to other old school modules where it's like you just kind of show up and there's a bunch of goblins down here and you can go in and just clear out the thing and like whereas this has this larger narrative that drives stuff um and so in a way this you could argue is a in a different direction from some of the oldest first edition stuff um but in in that case it 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 didn't bother me with that at all i thought it adapted well to dungeon world i know that um if there are secrets or like a very specific way you want stuff to go dungeon world can be tough because some of the roles really change that up so that adaptation can be difficult because like if you've got a conspiracy where everything's hidden behind all these secrets and then it's like what who's really in charge and you're like oh fuck uh it's really the emperor he's come back dot 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 for some reason as we learned in the crawl um uh what did it say somehow the emperor's returned um but dungeon world can do that a lot of these powered by the apocalypse systems can do that where they they change up what's going on and so if you have a lot of stuff set up as you might in like an older system that doesn't work out as well all the time like that changes up how the game has to be run because you much more easily can discover like wait a minute it was bertram beeswell who was in charge the whole time and he's actually like that kind of a thing yeah it did do a really good job of like pointing everybody to one specific thing that worked out pretty well like the module itself but yeah uh, i guess oh, yeah. do you, does anyone have any uh, like kind of final thoughts or anything I have a question for everybody, if if I may. How Go dare on. you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> Number um, one, how what dare you? For? What gives <laughs> you the my right? Soup so hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Waiter, hello. Um, but yeah, so um, I pushed a ton with uh, Caster for his backstory. And like who he was. And I feel like I threw all of that shit onto the table absolutely every second I got. Is there anything about your character that you felt you had in your head that never got to get revealed? I think we talked about this a little bit, like with the epilogues and um, like at the end of us actually playing the game. Um, but uh, with Kazair, no, Kazair was pretty. Uh, <laughs> uh open and shut in terms of the what you saw was what you got with them uh i think um for, for like that was my intention not like it was forced onto me or something yeah and i think the same thing is with kwan i i don't think there was anything that i can remember i wanted to do that that got left off the table uh i don't think there was anything that i had planned i kind of I don't very I don't usually plan out characters very well. Uh, it's kind of my sin, um, and so I don't think there was anything that Silumgar I had thoughts of that I wasn't able to do. I I really think that having um, Caster 
be such so um, thinking about the past was a good thing for the game because it did allow us to build up some of the backstory of the world. Like we we built a lot of the backstory of the world. Like Kanyao was all caster. There's a bunch of stuff like that, and I think that was overall a good thing for the campaign. Yeah, I uh, um, I I totally agree. In my opinion. I totally agree, Brandon. I think like not like I'm not saying this in any kind of uh, pejorative way, but like I think having essentially like a main character in terms of like the lore and the backstory and sort of stuff in terms of like being caster really freed. At least I felt like it freed Kazair to just be like whatever. Like I don't need to concern myself with like what happened a week ago. Doesn't matter. Um, like uh like why you know is there some deeper darker thing and it's like maybe there is but not relevant right now um and i think that like to like more to brandon's point as well like in the same way that it kind of like prevented me from needing scaffolding for kazair it provided scaffolding for the world itself that we could then like a lot of the stuff we talked about, like I like uh, listening, I would not have remembered this offhand, but listening to the elf origination episode, which like, again, is like, that's my favorite part of the whole game, I think. Um, we were talking about how like, oh, maybe like uh, uh, Austin was talking about how uh, the Khan Yao religion, um, uh, they were like the firstborn. And so we were like the second born, the like better children that like were uh they did it right like Kanyao got it right this time kind of thing so the elves were left to be this kind of like they retreated out of the eye of uh or out of sight kind of um literally and figuratively and um and then i think i brought up like oh they could be like moon related to the moon which is like a it, it's bright because of the reflection of the sun rather than being like we're like the sun children or whatever so anyway my point is just that like having any character that has that line that drops back into the past gives you enough scaffolding to add a lot to it. And I didn't feel like we needed to, uh, do like, like Kazair didn't need a line to drop into the past because we had plenty to stick on to Caster's line. Um, and that doesn't mean that like in, you know, a different story or a different episode or whatever, there couldn't be a Kazair line that was added to, but, uh, it just wasn't, it didn't feel necessary because we had that kind of like main character, quote unquote, like the narrative um, lore character, um, which, uh, which I enjoyed both as a player because like it saved me from having to think a lot about something that like I hadn't considered fully going into it. And it also, the character I think was able to be a little bit more free because it wasn't like, Oh, I'm thinking about how does, you know, how does the death of my brother, like, how is that motivating me to fight this snake? Cause I saw a snake right after that, like stuff where it would be very contrived instead. It just got to be in the moment. I felt I would turn into a bat because criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot. <laughs> someone, someone was pointing out that like Batman um, shouldn't his bigger fear be like his parents dying and they were like yeah. what if his version was he would just kill criminals parents he's like alright Joker I'm just gonna murder your parents take that yeah, yeah or being like right, uh, he'd, he'd be gunman instead and dress up like a gun to be like guns yeah, are scary they killed my parents yeah. they killed my I was mom. gonna go with, I was just gonna go with parent killer yeah 
Is that the Kelly. superhero well, that's, name? Yeah, well, Paratrap 3. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they already have an orphan Oscar. maker, right? Yeah, I know we talked about this years ago, Oscar, but my version of John Wick is um, the gangsters kill his dog and then he goes on a killing spree and just kills all of their pets. Kills all their dogs. So, it's just, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's just Keanu Reeves strangling a bunch of like puppies being like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you take How does this feel? He's just looking at the guy yeah. straight in the eyes while choking the dog. Right. Jesus, guys. In the end, he has to fight fucking Rin Tin Tin canine cop or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this isn't the this isn't the note we're ending on, is it? The, the one who <laughs> no, uh, licks uh, the dog who <laughs> licks crime. Yeah. It comes yeah. after yeah. him. McGruff the, McGruff the crime dog. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. he's sitting at a bar With and McGruff. McGruff puts a coin down at a bar and he's like, oh, take a bite out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. You killed Scruff, right? Can... <laughs> he was my nephew. <laughs> All right, well, thanks uh, thanks for uh, getting together, everybody. This was a fun little reunion here. <laughs> I think that's where we're ending. Yeah, no. Final boss, McGruff the, the, the crime dog. <laughs> you got it. Um, McGruff the crimes against humanity dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I did love the uh, one last thing. I love the epilogues that we did. Um, that was really yeah, cool. Yeah. I think I'm assuming that episode's not out yet because I listened to the latest one and it didn't yeah, have time a... of recording. It's not no. out yet. Okay. Um, I think this is going with it, isn't it? <laughs> no. The yeah, the epilogue, epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, I loved how we did the epilogue, and that to me was like that was the more attractive narrative thing for Kazair for me was like I mentioned earlier that forward lookingness where it's like like this was the origin of Kazair. There wasn't some previous origin where it's like now this is why Kazair is behaving this way. It's like Kazair was in this circumstance and with these other characters and then lost the eye and all these other things. And like now he's the Kazair that goes forth into the future. Um, uh, very different and changed for the experience. So I think that it was kind of a, it was a good mix of the the past and then the forward looking. Um, and it gave us a chance to just be like, oh, here's some cool stuff. Like I remember Kazair wound up uh, teaming up with, uh, I forget the name of the snake. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, was like writing it to like protect other environments and stuff like around the world from like that sort of defilement, which I think is very uh, like it would, it's unexpected from like the beginnings of Kazair, but then it makes sense toward the end, like given what he experienced. Um, so I thought that was a really cool way to tie it together. Yeah. But I think everybody, well, except for Quan who died, but everyone else like <laughs> kind of changed classes in their epilogue, if I remember correctly, which is really interesting. I thought Solomgar just turned into a lich. That's not really uh, changing yeah, classes. I guess, I guess that's a uh, wizard to necromancer, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you mentioned before, David, like uh, possibly trying to do a sequel or something like that. I don't know if other people would be interested, but uh, like listening back uh, to some of this game, I was like, wow, this was so much fun. I really loved it. Um, not that I thought I didn't, but like in listening back, it was um i had fun just listening back you know remembering um so i would definitely be up for something like that if uh, i'd love to play some more with you guys so uh just let me know yeah i definitely have an idea for a sequel um and you will be the first you four will be the first invited for sure 
Nice. Against the cult right. of the marsupial god. <laughs> just, no, the sequel's just killing uh, Songar. I was hoping it was the amphibian Songar's god. The, no. the bad. The marsupial god. We go to Caster's uh, like homeland. Everyone speaks Australian. Yeah, exactly. Uh... It's that accent. Well, and, and we'll move up from an 80s module to a 90s module where pouches are much more common and mm. a lot of things. Oh, yeah, 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 storage yeah. space. <laughs> yeah, Inventory is yeah. way easier to manage. I've trapped I've trapped death itself in my pouch. <laughs> God. I'm a lich now. You gotta you have to you have to stick with one accent this time, Austin. One accent. Well, if it's marsupials, we know at least this should be an easy one for him to pinpoint. Well, I'll, I'll start True. Australian and then I'll end Irish or I'll, I'll go German or something. <laughs> you end up going like like Spanish, Piston. Yeah. Just migrate across suddenly, Europe. He was suddenly Jamaican <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, so thanks a lot. I'm going to end the recording here, I think. Unless anyone has any final, very last minute thing. Fun time, guys. Well, that wraps up Scale and Shadows Player Debrief. If you like to listen to friends discuss games and dole out RPG advice, especially if you like to run those games yourself, you want to check back next week to hear what lessons Austin and I learned that could be applied to your games. Until then, keep listening to Cowboy and Carl Casey at White Bat Audio, including songs such as Eleven and Mass Extinction, which you might be hearing right now and earlier. While you're in a listening mood, why not check out one of our other earlier campaigns, This American Monster, Doyce, or the original Legend of the Five Rings, Yoko Wari, or any of our various one-shots. They're all fun. Listen, you're not going to have a bad time, trust me. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode, and see you next time for some GM advice.